0: he's just shown me so much about forgiveness and love and seeing past people's flaws to just accept them as they are pray for them wish the best for them and if it's a toxic relationship then fine god will reveal that and he'll remove it because he knows your heart and he knows what you need and what you don't need because it's to glorify him
1: Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I am here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. Y'all, we're already at the end of January. I cannot believe it. And I want to tell you quickly about an opportunity next week before we get into today's story. I'm doing a Discover Your Story workshop on Zoom. And if y'all don't know what that is, it is an opportunity to write your own story. I coach a lot of our storytellers. I work with all of our communities on coaching their storytellers. And this is your opportunity to get that coaching. It is a two-hour class really on Zoom. So we will meet on Zoom next Tuesday, January 31st from 11 to 1. And we'll walk through finding God in the details of your story. It's not just sitting and writing, but it's praying and having Holy Spirit show up and show you things that you have learned and that he has taught you your entire life. So I'm so excited for you to join. You can go to our website at storytellerslive.org and register today. Robin, I love so much that you're doing that. If you're interested in doing this workshop,
2: please hop on and sign up because Robin has such a gift in helping you see God in the details of your life. And speaking of the details of your life, today's story is Elizabeth Williams from our community group in Montgomery, Alabama. And wow, God showed up in so many miraculous details. You're going to hear her journey of finding her birth father, but it's really a lot more than that. It's really about the complexity of relationships and when someone hurts you or you're trying to deal with the flaws of someone else, how to navigate those waters and lean into God and his wisdom in having relationships with not only your parents, but with anyone else. So I'm so excited for you to hear Elizabeth's story.
1: And you know, a lot of times I'll tell our storytellers that when they're sharing, I want them to envision sharing their story with a friend over coffee. There is no story that feels like that more than Elizabeth. You will feel like you're sitting next to her Mm -hmm. just having a conversation. Absolutely. You will love
3: Elizabeth. And one thing that she mentions in the beginning of her story is a life-threatening car accident uh, that happened to her at the age of 16. And so we're excited that Amy Grody is going to have a story within the story conversation on Patreon that will air this Friday. So if you're not a member of our Patreon community, I think you're missing out. We had a lot of people (laughs) join at the end of the year. And so we're excited about everything that's going on there, click the link in our show notes, or you can go to our website to join Patreon today. Here's Elizabeth.
0: So I'm Elizabeth Williams. Uh, you guys can come And I just wanted to um, really be obedient to the Lord. Um, it's just really a journey, like we as women, like just really like taking the time out, looking at our lives, looking even at our past and saying, okay, Lord, what are you showing me? So my background um, is really that it is kind of what you see is what you get. I I have my mom's single mother. And so I was raised by a single mother who was very stern. She was a housekeeper. So that couch right there, she could just pick that up and vacuum under it. I'm not exaggerating. I was taught to just really hold in my feelings, And so as a child, I didn't talk a lot. I know you can't believe it now, right? (laughs) I didn't really come out of my shell until like late elementary school. I was taught just to kind of hold things inside. And with my family, we kind of like just swept stuff under the rug all the time. And so a lot of things I was dealing with, I didn't tell anybody things that were just really, really hard, but I always had God. That's the thing about my mom that's so great is, no, she was not a mother that would hug you and love on you and things like that. She never told me I love you until I was 18 and away from college. And I'm not really sure she said it on that conversation, but I want to say that she said it back after I said it. So, you know, just give her grace. But, you know, she gave me God because even though my mom did not drive and we never owned a car we were always in church. I don't understand how that was. We were always in church. Like anytime the doors were open, we were in church. And so my mom set a very firm foundation at a missionary Baptist church. Let me just tell you, those were revival, Bible study, Sunday school, all of those things. And I was, but it was more religion, so to speak. And then when I was a teenager, I was able to, she let me go visit. She was like, I don't care what church you go to, but you're going to church. And I was like, okay. So my cousin was older. She was in her, um, she was like 24, 24. Yeah, we were 10 years apart. And so at the age of 14, I was able to go to church with her. And at this church, it just opened up my eyes. And I really, really like felt God in a different way where relationship was built. So I was 14 years old when I was saved. And to receive Christ at that point, I was told that my dad died of cancer when I was younger, so I never knew my dad at all, knew nothing about him. And so for me, once I got saved, I was like, Heavenly Father, whoop, whoop. like, yes, God, like, I need you, and the things that are in this book, in this Bible, I I want to believe all those things. I honestly was that person that was like, Oh, God's my father, like you know, it's kind of weird. I don't know if other teenagers do that. But for me, that was the reality. If I think about my background with my childhood, and um, as an adolescent, it was me being in church like all the time. No lie. I was an unenrolled student. And when I finally branched out and became the extreme extrovert that I am now, things took a different course. But for the basis, it was a foundation of always going to church, which I'm so thankful for. With that, it kind of led my life. God really led my life. And he was really real to me, even in my mess. Because come on, I was like, 14. And then (laughs) at the age of 16, I was in a really bad car accident. Um, I was in a car accident where I basically died and came back. That was life changing. Absolutely life changing because my neck was broken, trapped in a car It's so many details, um, newspaper article. So, you know, you can look that up and read it. It really did happen. Sometimes I will like look at the stuff and I'm like, did that really happen? But I mean, I got the scars for God to do something so amazing to show me that he was so real. You just have to know there's purpose. There's purpose. And he is so real. And so in that car accident, when I was 16 years old, it was like he was just trying to make sure that, hey, I'm going to let this, allow this to happen to you. And I'm going to save you so that you can tell the world because you already talk a lot. So I was unconscious for seven days in that car accident. So I always tell all my friends and stuff, no, like I'm making up for that lost time, right? I mean, it just makes sense. I'll tell a stranger in the elevator about the car accident. I mean, they look at the scar anyway. It's always weird when people touch it. Um, that's just, you don't even know me. Um, and so that's just been a really big part of my life. Like it's something that you cannot get away from. So at 16 years old, once again, life changing thing. And I knew God already. And so that's the amazing thing is that like two years later at 16, he like just solidified this, Hey, I got you. Um, and so as life continued through, you know, Go to college, and that was just a trip. Like, it's just all the things. (laughs) And I was very prayerful because I wanted to talk more about the accident, but when asked, I was very prayerful about what God wanted me to tell. What story really for these women? And I don't know why He wants me to share this story, but this particular story that I'm about to share was also life changing. I like to use the acronym BIG, Believe in It's God, because There are so many big moments in our lives and there are so many big moments that in my life that can bless someone else. And so, all right, life got really, really interesting after I graduated from high school. So graduated from high school and I went to the University of Alabama. And when I got to that college, I had horrible roommates. It was not me. It was them. (laughs) And so- I had roommates that I was just like, "What? are you sure? Like, I know that I hadn't been going to church, but obviously you're trying to get me to go back to church um, in college because they were just, I couldn't explain it. Time goes on and I finally have a roommate that I did not know, but she knew one of my friends, right? What is up with me and strangers? So she knew one of my friends and it just so happened that something really bad happened to me and I had to go back home. I was already on probation. I can be very honest about that. I like to keep it hot, honest, open, and transparent. I learned that from one of my YouTube (laughs) pastors. And so keeping it hot, I was on probation. Like I was about to be out of there. Who knew if I'd even graduate from college? And I'm like, Lord, is this the course? Like a college dropout whose neck was broken and you saved me all that time? Well, um, nope, the purpose was to go back to school. And so I went back and it was kind of like junior, senior, sophomore. You don't even know because my grades were so bad. Who knows what credits I really had. So we don't really we couldn't even classify me for real. I'll show you this transcript. It's real. This is real stuff. And so when I go back to school, I know I don't have a place to live. And one of my friends says, hey, One of my friends from church, come on, from church, you're going to take, you can believe that she's a good person, right? Like he, he knows her from church. And so he ends up telling me that I need to meet her and I meet her and she was like a cheerleader in high school. She's about to be a freshman. And I'm like, oh yeah, we can rock. Well, she was very stern. Like she was an introvert. And so we were complete opposites, but it was what I needed. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm moving in with this stranger. Like, it was really, really, because I didn't have another place to go. I didn't have a plan. And he just kind of intervened. I meet this girl, y'all. My grades go up. She was, like, really, really smart. And I mean, I was, too, back in the day. But college years, uh-uh, I don't know what happened. And so she's really, really smart. She's studying. I'm studying with her, even though, you know, she she was beyond smart, like, just brilliant. And so she was such a good influence on me, such a good influence on me. And so she would get me to study with her and my grades were going up. Things were just happening. And she wants me to go home with her for the weekend. I'm like, well, you seem cool. i would met her parents briefly. I go home with her for the weekend. I mean, people do that, right? I mean, in college, you would go with your roommates, not the other ones I had. I would never go anywhere with them, <laughs> but this this roommate, I, I knew I could trust her. And her hometown was in Tallahassee, Alabama, and so it's like country town. People are nice. They speak to you and wave. So I go home with her, and um, her dad is talking to me. Like her dad is huge guy, huge guy, as in like tall and just you could tell he he played football. This guy just a little intimidating. I'm only 5'3.7 and he's just hovering over me. So he begins to talk to me and he's having this conversation with me and just being friendly. And he's like, so who are your folks? Because he knew I was from Montgomery. And I'm like, I mean, my mom is. And I tell him my mom's name. And he's like, no, I don't know her. And he's like, "Who's, who's your dad? And I was like, well, my dad died of cancer when I was younger. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, but what was his name? He's like, because you really look like one of my old college buddies. And I'm like, very embarrassing because I did not even know my dad's name. I didn't know his name because I've never brought him up to my mom. I knew that he died of cancer. My mom didn't tell me that like a cousin or an aunt. Don't remember exactly. But I knew that, you know, my brothers, I have two older brothers and they knew their dads. We all have different dads. I don't believe in halves. Those are my whole brothers because I grew up with them and they tortured me all my life. So, those are my whole brothers. And they knew their dads. They got along with their dads. And so, they were a part of our life. So, it wouldn't make sense if my dad was alive that I wouldn't know them. So, we end up, he takes out this yearbook. Like, the man is adamant that it, I was like, Do I really look like this person that much that you're going to pull out a yearbook? And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? This is kind of embarrassing what do I do? And um, he pulls out the yearbook. He was for real. And he opens the yearbook and he points to this man. And he's like, this is one of my old college buddies. And the guy we favored, right? It's like a a Troy University. And the the guy's there. And I'm like, well, maybe he's related to my dad's side of the family. I don't know them. So still very embarrassing. I'm going to just tell you like, I really had to humble myself. Thank you, Lord, for humbling me with that, because it was just weird. And so I said, well, you know, I don't I just don't know. I mean, what else can you say? Right. You there were no answers to that. And he dropped it. So he drops it. And we go on with life. I mean, he he thought he knew everybody, but he didn't know that. So time goes on by. And I do finally. I did graduate from college. (laughs) I did get the degree. By the grace of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. So I graduate from college late, but still, I just wanted to make it through. So um, I graduated summer of 03. So I'm 23 years old. I moved back home because, come on, the options were slim. It's it's so much that went on in that time. So you don't want to know. It's very interesting. I go back home, y'all, and I do this thing where I change my number all the time. My friends in the room probably know that. I'm trying to keep it the same, but I do for some reason. And I had not talked to the roommate. And she really was one of my best roommates ever that I wanted us to stay friends. She just was so impactful to my life. I actually talked to her now. And it's Thanksgiving by now. And so I end up calling her just to check on her. Like I had family in town and I just really wanted to give her a call. I really feel like God was leading me to call her. Like it was a very strong, hey, call her. I called her and she didn't have my number or anything. So I had to say, hey, this is, this is Liz, how are you? I'm sorry I did not talked to you. And she was like, oh my gosh, my dad saw your dad. And I'm like, oh Lord, what in the world? <laughs> She's like my dad saw your dad at the racetrack. I'm like the racetrack. First of all, my dad, like (laughs) where is this conversation even going? Lord, what are you up to? It was just y'all. It's unexplainable. Like I was like, are they still going with this? That was almost two years ago that I was talking to your daddy and I know I told him that my dad died of cancer. Who keeps going with this? But (laughs) me and just the curiosity, I just could not help it. And something really, really was urging me. And because I spent a lot of time in prayer, even at the age of 23, I mean, I'm still very ratchet. But I still really always had a relationship with God in a way where I always was very prayerful about things, even in the ratchetness, like he knows me anyway. And so I say, "Okay," And she's like, he wants you to call him. Call the so-called dad. All right, let's just do it. Y'all, I called this stranger. <laughs> Come on, wouldn't you? Like, And just curious now. It's like, well, like, okay, because he might know somebody that knows somebody. I end up calling this man and he's like, he does not answer the phone, which I was like, oh Lord, you saved me from them. Like, thank you. Because, and the voicemail came on and I was like, oh, we hang up, hang up. Like, what do you even say on a voicemail? Hey, Mr. Buchanan said that you're my dad. Like it's just weird. <laughs> so I didn't leave a voice message, but that bang on caller ID. The man calls right back, and he's like, "Did someone call?" And I'm like, "Okay, here we go." I told him I was like, "Hey, I'm such and such," and uh, Mr. Buchanan told me to. That you said that you're my dad, and he's like, "Hey, like it's just all the things. like all he he's like a me, but a man. And he was just <laughs> excited. and he was he was just he was just thrilled that I called him, and I'm like, I'm some stranger calling you. And he, the way he talked, he knew my family. He knew so many things, like new stuff about my mom, new streets that I lived on, all these things. And I'm like, Nobody is just like trying to claim some more kids. Like, and I'm 23 at this point. Like, I don't really need a daddy. We're over those phases. Like, but he just, he talked to me like he knew me. It was, it was powerful. It was a thing that I couldn't describe. Like it was something straight off a movie. In fact, you know, if you want to write a movie about it, you can. (laughs) But I'm experiencing this whole thing and I'm just kind of like in awe. He gets real bold. He pulled a me move. He was like, so look, I I was here for business in Florida, but I was debating on coming back tonight. So if, if you'll meet up with me, I'm coming back tonight. Like he is excited, like wants to meet me. It's a stranger. But you know, it was just like, this is just too much. Like This is something that I really need to just walk it out. And Lord, I'm going to trust you. Which still, I felt like I really wasn't completely using wisdom but it was just something cuz you just i didn't invite myself into it like it was coming to me and so i said sure i'll meet you come on in truly style i mean that's just what i do and i meet this guy at like down the street he told me what kind of car no i told him what kind of car i was in he did i didn't even ask what kind of car the man was in i am like how am i going to see him i tricked my cousin i was smart enough to know and use god's wisdom to take somebody else with me. And so my cousin that was out of town from Tennessee, I mean she don't know nobody. She rode with me. She's from Nashville and she rides with me to go meet he was a stranger to meet this man that that's my so-called dad when only dad I knew died of cancer. We get to the place and it's a parking lot at a grocery store. And when this man drives up, I know it's him. Like it was a very strong And not just because we favored each other. It was just a, it's one of those really, even sometimes when I talk about it, like I tear up because I knew something, it was indescribable. And yeah, I didn't know if it was my dad or not. could have been just anybody. Well, the man is like talking to me again, like he knows me, he's hugged me. I'm just like, okay, this is really happening. My cousin is all smiling and intrigued because she was a cheerleader. So she's all pepped up about it. And he's like, hey, your grandmother's in town. Like, this man really thinking like (laughs) that. And so he's like, your grandmother's in town. If you trail me, we'll go see her. And I'm like, he knows somebody with me. So this can't be him just trying to get me away somewhere. So I'm going to follow him because I'm still really curious. And one of the big things about that part was my mom, the single mother that's very stern, her parents passed away when she was not even 29, she was almost 29 years old. And so I was only three at the time. So I've never had grandparents ever that I can recall. And so when he said your grandmother, I was like, Oh, come on. All right, Lord, let's go. So I trailed this man to a side of town that they say not to go on, but I don't believe in that. Cause really I grew up on that side of town, but still it probably wasn't the brightest idea to follow a stranger to a side of town. I do though, and I go into this house and there is this bubbly lady that's like, which one of y'all is my granddaughter? (laughs) And it's just all the things once again. And I'm like, I don't know if I am or not, but I'm just going to ride with this whole thing because God, this is all happening for a reason. Because I didn't ask for this and I'm being led to all these things. Right. And so the, um, the lady's just really excited. She was just woo. Um, and I was like, dang, this man and this lady act like me, like, are they related to me for real? Although I didn't grow up around them. Right. It was so strange to me that our personalities were similar And at that time, I really wasn't thinking about all of that. But we end up, we meet, it's nighttime. I'm like, I probably need to get home. My cousin's leaving the next morning. She has a story to tell, right? Um, (laughs) As I tell her in the car, I'm like, this has to be a God thing. She probably was like, I don't know. And so we are in the car. Well, I'm about to get in the car to drive her back. We're we're leaving, right? And my dad says, the so-called dad says, so, does your mom know that you're meeting with me? I'm like, who, mama? Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, you don't even understand. Not my mama. Um, and he's like, well, you know, you need to tell her, tell her. And I'm blessed. maybe it's a secret that God wants us to keep. Because how am I going to have this discussion with my mom when we didn't talk about you, period? Like, and I still don't know if you're my dad. You're the so called dad. He says that I need to have a conversation with my mom. He doesn't want to tell me anything that will kind of taint my relationship with my mom. And when he said that, I I trusted it. Like it felt real. It was like he didn't have to say that, right? He could have just met me and told me all these stories and kind of bashed my mom. But I really felt like it was spirit led for him to tell me that. And so he says, well, when you um, talk to your mom, he gives me like a little script. I'm like, how many kids you got? Because you're kind of, <laughs> you got like a whole speech or whatever. So has this happened before? <laughs> Turns out I do have a lot of siblings other than the ones I grew up with. I have six brothers and sisters only from my dad. We all have different um, moms. Three of them were pregnant at the same time. So I kind of see why my mom didn't want anything to do with them. You know, the rumor that came around probably because nobody liked them. And so, but my dad's a great guy, really, really is. And so, which he turned out to really be my dad. Spoiler alert. Um, and so the next day I have to go to my mom's apartment and tell her that I met this man. And his thing is, hey, tell her that you met a guy named Champ. My dad knows about, like he loves the book. So I can say his name. Tell her that you met a guy named Champ. That's his football college name. Ask her if she if she knows a guy named Champ. When she says yes, Then you say, he says he's my dad. She's going to say, yes, you know, like, yeah. So the next day I go to my mom's apartment and I'm like, dang, she's in the kitchen with knives. (laughs) And like, Lord, you saved me from so much. Now at 23, who knows how this is going to go? But I go and I, I'm nervous, but I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, do you know a guy named Champ? I'm just ready for it. Like, it's going to be what it's going to be. My mom says no. (laughs) Like, when when she says no, it's such a stern no. It's like a no, like, not a godly no. It is a, like, I could beat you no. Like, you know, it was one of my ratchet no's. I'm like, oh, gosh. But at that moment, like, y'all, I think I was, like, brokenhearted. It was, uh, I began to tear up, and I was just like, Lord, like, what is going on? Like, what is this? And I'm crying and I tell her because in me, like when she says the no, in my heart, like I'm like, oh, she lied. Like I would never say it to my mom and don't y'all tell her, (laughs) Like she don't need to see this. But it was so strong, like in my spirit that it was. And I talked to one of my cousins, like after I met the so-called dad and she was like, oh girl, who said that he died of cancer? And she was like, because I ain't never hear that. And I'm like, well, dang, nobody even told me. So it was all the things that were adding up. Just not my spirit and my hunches or whatever. It was more things that were coming out. And I'm like, I'm 23. Thanks, y'all. Like, really? When she says no, and I'm crushed, I begin to cry. And then I said, the other part, I'm going to keep going with the script, y'all. He said, we'll say that he's my dad. She didn't say no. She doesn't know him, right? Come on, whatever. I can tell you, he's real hurt and mad. So that's probably a yes. So I go with the script and I say, "Well, he says he's my dad," and this is what she says: "That's my past." And I cry some more because it's like, "Dang, that's very hurtful." And so she didn't say no. He's not or anything like that. She just says, "Angry. That's my past." And so I say very calmly and respectfully with honor that God wanted me to give her. I say, well, that's my present and it's my future. And I walk out. Of course, now it's like all the cries, like everything. Like I'm like, Lord, you see these tears and I know, you know, my heart. And I get in the car and I'm just like, let me put on the worship music. Like what you got for me? I turn on the car and I'm listening to worship. Of course, that doesn't help. I'm just crying. And I know I needed to call the so-called dad, like God was leading me to call this man. And when I called him and told him what happened, the compassion that I felt, it was really everything that I needed. And at 23 years old, I only had my heavenly father, you know, for so many years. And then this man comes along, who's the so-called dad, which it's no more quotes. Because come on, the way my mom acted and the stories that I began to hear, this was my dad. And I needed a compassionate parent at that moment. And God knew what I needed. Like Jehovah Jireh was providing like everything in that moment. And so I'll kind of just fast forward so that you can really see what God wanted me to reveal out of all this. So it's real like, yeah, you meet your dad. Come on. No. No. It is not daddy dearest, it is a trial. Let me just tell you, I am one of the friendliest, kind-hearted most person. I really I really am. Don't believe everything you read or hear, but I struggled in that relationship. I met a dad, I was so excited and I was going to call I called, we talked And then I was like, wait a minute, don't I call him more than he calls me? Like, it was like, I'm like, he's not your boyfriend. But still, like, aren't you excited? He who finds a daughter finds a good thing. Like, I'm a good thing. And it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And we didn't talk about any of the past stuff, y'all, because I didn't care. And it was just like, okay, Lord, you actually have just brought this man into my life. It's good. For Father's Day, because he's a deacon at his church, everybody, he's a true, like redemption is real. Like, you know, forget the seven kids with seven different mamas because he's a deacon at the church. Good guy. Changed his life and all these things. And so I go to church with them and I'm like, oh, my dad's a deacon and I got a daddy. Um, So when they say the visitors, y'all, all the ratchetness comes out of me. They're like announcing the visitors and I get up. Because, you know, they say your name and stuff like it was a missionary Baptist church. And I get up and my dad stands up and he's he in the choir, too. He can sing. I'm like, you got all the stuff, daddy. All right. He stands up in the choir stand and he's like, my daughter's here visiting with us today. And y'all, everything in me was just like, what the heck? Like, huh? And he's just like, you know, she graduated from the University of Alabama and she works at a television station. He's like saying all my accolades, right, which I didn't tell them that GPA, but good. But all the good things he's saying in front of the people. And I'm just like (coughs) sitting there like, you don't even know me, dude. Like it turned into that. And I'm like, Lord, get me out of here. Like it just didn't feel good. It was I needed to really work through some things. And it wasn't me needing to work through some things. It was God working in me to do some things because I was not honest. I wasn't. I was not honest with how I was really feeling. I wasn't honest with either one of my parents. Like I was just like, oh, miss optimistic and I've met them and there's a purpose and yay, God, yay. And it wasn't. Like I was angry. There was so much resentment. There was all the things that I did not want to admit. And I was so, so hurt. And it was not until I laid it all at the altar. Like, I just really had to be honest about how I felt. And God already knew. Like, he knew I was brokenhearted. He knew that I had so many questions. He knew there were so many whys. There was so much, you know, before your dad is deceased. Now your dad's alive. So guess what? I wasn't an abandoned child like when he was deceased, but now he's alive. I'm an abandoned child. And it's those things that just made me feel worse. And so (laughs) I'm experiencing like all the things. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you were going to make all these things good. Don't you use all these things, Lord, and work them together for my good? Like, where is the good with finding good old daddy? Like, what? Did not make matters better that I grew up very very poor, single mother who was a housekeeper. We had no car. We had to work, walk everywhere, um, two miles to school. I'm just saying, for real, it was real. And so meeting dad, dad had money. Like dad owned horses. It was all these things that I'm like, wait a minute, like, and then it. All these thoughts that the enemy, I know the enemy is using because it was like thoughts like, yeah, when you didn't have anything to eat that night, dad was probably eating steak and potatoes. Like, come on, God is not giving me that. Like these thoughts are, but it was all those things from all the hurt. It was bitterness that was building up in me and I could turn it on and off, like, because I would be good for a minute and then it'd be a roller coaster. I would call them. And I'd have a good conversation. And then he'd say something that would trigger me. Like, I just was not being honest about how I felt. I wasn't being honest that I needed to be healed by God. I was looking at the people. I was looking at my mom. I was looking at my dad. And it became a point where I was somewhat disrespectful to him at times. And then I really had to go to the word because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm shortening my own days now because now that he's really the daddy, like, I, I don't play with that. So I just through this whole process, um, had to learn that I truly, truly had to be honest about the relationship. And through that honesty, there was freedom through truly putting it at the feet of God and saying, I cannot do this. Like, I need some counseling and I need you and I need you now because. It's going to continue to be a roller coaster to where I feel so bad about myself, and I need to be healed. The relationship is hurting me now to a point to where it doesn't make sense. Obviously, went to counseling. And it took years, right? It was a gradual thing where God was truly showing me that I needed to shed a lot. And so through the process of getting to know my dad, it wasn't him, but the closer that I got to God. The more time that I spent with him, my heart began to change, which I was like, Lord, really, it ain't me. Like they had me. I didn't ask to, but it was none of that. It was just like God was, it's for, it's about you. Doesn't matter what they did, you don't choose your parents. And guess what? Because you know me, you're different. Because your relationship with me makes you different. You are a light. And guess what? Your job is to glorify me. Your job is to glorify me. So guess what? I'm going to use this in this situation because be careful what you pray. I have been praying y'all, don't do it. I was like, Lord, use me as your vessel. (laughs) Oh, gosh, Lord, use me as your vessel. So I saw him doing that through these relationships. I'm like, dang it, big mouth. He wanted me to be a vessel to really show my parents what unconditional love was. It didn't matter what they did. And he continued to show me that, yeah, you're looking at them and you're like, oh, you did. I didn't choose to be here and blah, blah, blah. And they did this and they hit this and all those types of situations. And it was like, are you a flawed individual? And I'm like, yes, Lord, you know, what I did. Um, And it's like, but I give you grace every single day. I give you mercy every single day. And it's like, so so are you better than them? Do you think they don't have a past? You've been through things that I have helped you with. Do you not think that they have been through some things that have shaped them, that have hurt them, and maybe they aren't as strong as you because they don't have the relationship that you have with me in order to be better or to say the things or to be loving or to be kind. But guess what? You're going to do it and you're going to be the example. Hardest thing ever, I'm telling you, years and years and years. But as I saw, like as things started breaking and I saw God truly working through me to show them love and compassion, regardless of the things. And guess what? All those questions I have still haven't been answered, but it doesn't matter. I don't care. I genuinely don't care. And of course, my dad over the years has told me something because my mom was like, "Mm mm-mm don't want to talk about it. Only one time has she been like, um, I was on the phone with him and she was in the car with me. I think I was like 25 or something. And she goes, and my car was messing up. My dad's a mechanic, really great mechanic. And so I'm on the phone with my dad and my mom goes, and he better fix it because he owes you. I was like, well, Dave, <laughs> you can't deny it. But in the years, y'all, truly, my mom has softened. They've been in the same room together. It's just been God all by himself working in the dynamics of a family. And what I learned from that is it might not just it might not be a mother daughter relationship, mother father relationship. It, It might not have anything to do with your parents, but just in relationships in general. Like I can only be accountable for me and I want to make him smile. Like I want to make him smile. So it doesn't matter who it is. I have to be accountable for myself. And when I see Christ one day and see God, my father, I want him to say job well done. And so that means that I humble myself. I put my pride aside and I make it right with people. And no one's ever apologized to me. They don't. I mean, my dad actually did. That's why I'm telling you this story. Because as I was in prayer about what to tell you guys, I prayed the night before. I think we were texting and I still hadn't decided. I was like, Lord, it's so much of you. It's so much of you. So many stories, Lord. You're just so good. Tell me what to say. I prayed that night. The next morning, my dad called me. And let me tell you, we don't talk a lot on the phone. We love each other. We're really close. We really are. But he's not a phone person. Guess what? I had to learn that about him. Before I was taking it so personal, I was like, oh, he don't talk to nobody. Okay. But I had to learn that about him. And so my dad called and he says, hey, I need to see you today. And I'm like, what, daddy? He's like, no, he asked what I was doing. I was like working like everybody. And uh, he's like, but I need to see you today. Okay, this is strangest thing ever. He did hug me when he first met me, but that was my one and only hug. He is not affectionate like that. But he does say love you more, probably because he's really competitive like me. But so he is loving. Right. But that phone call just I was like, this is weird. He's like, I need to see you today. And he goes, I need to hug you. And I was like, oh crap, he read that book, chapter six. <laughs> I was like, he read chapter six. Oh no. But it wasn't even that. It was another part of the book that he read. And he was like, I did not know you experienced that. And I need to hug you today. And it felt like a dad moment, like I cried. So I went and he did. He wouldn't let me leave without hugging him. And we talked, we, we tripped out for a minute. And I said, okay, Lord that's the story that's the story to share um and he did he said I'm sorry and he hugged me he's like I read the whole book he's so excited i'm like did he read where i talked about him with the seven kids with the seven mamas but you know god has a way of just showing you certain things through certain situations and people that you just have no no idea like you wouldn't even think you would get that from that and He's just shown me so much about forgiveness and love and seeing past people's flaws to just accept them as they are, pray for them, wish the best for them. And if it's a toxic relationship, then fine. God will reveal that and it, and he'll remove it because he knows your heart and he knows what you need and what you don't need because it's to glorify him. Not saying we don't make bad decisions or have friends or connections that, Okay, we haven't let that go. But there's something about when you spend time with him. Oh, he'll do it because he knows the purpose and he will make sure that, you know, that it's him doing it. And so it's just been remarkable. I do spend time with my dad. And uh, for the first time when I was thirty nine years old, I. We slept under the same roof for the first time. I was like, I was five years old. I was like, I'm with my dad. We went to a ranch to pick up a horse and um and I was I felt completely healed. And that was sad. I was almost 40. And it's like, okay. Um, I did do a post on um social media about it. And I was taking pictures of me and dad. He actually likes to take pictures. Okay, he actually likes social media. I'm like, dad, dang. Um, he's like, Did you post it yet? <laughs> okay. But in that post, y'all, it was so freeing for myself to be honest about it. And he's okay with me talking about it. Like he understands the purpose. And to get the replies back, this one girl replied back and she's like, and I went to school with her. I actually thought she was in a two household parent. Like, I never knew what she was going through. She sent me a direct message that said, I'm gonna call my dad today. And that, that was, even if it was just for her, which it wasn't because more people ended up sending me a message and saying, thank you for being so open. Thank you for sharing, because I needed that. And those are the moments that you know that God is truly like speaking. Those are the moments that you know that even though it hurts, even though it's your business out in the street, because all my business out in the street in the book, but for it to deliver somebody, for it to bless somebody, for it to change someone's life and for God to truly like work through us as vessels is amazing.
2: You know, as I said, when I introduced Elizabeth's story, how God was just in the details of her life, when I first heard it. I was amazed at the different ways that God set things up for her. I mean, all the way from the college roommate, and then she happened to go home with a college roommate to meet the father, and then that father actually saying something like, (laughs) I think I know your dad. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then she graduated from college, and six months later thought, huh, I'm going to try to get back in touch with my college roommate. And then she happened to talk to her roommate's father again, who was persistent mm-hmm. in her getting in touch with this man. Then not only that, but as I, you know, as you're listening to it, I was on the edge of my seat, going, "Oh my gosh, she's is going to meet is this man. Him? Is is it really him? Is right. it not him? But then how she just you know just went with it and felt allowed the Holy Spirit to kind of lead her to meet him, mm-hmm. and then to go meet her grandmother. And honestly, I was in awe of all uh, the whole thing. every miracle after
1: miracle that thing. happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was mind blowing. She talked a little, you know, she made a, a quick comment about if somebody wants to make this into a movie, grab <laughs> right. at it. And It'd I'm like, great yes, movie. please. Yes. Yes, yes <laughs> please. Because I was fully engaged to yes. start to finish. Absolutely. On um, what happened
3: here. Well, and I think I was very uh, quick to think,
1: and they lived happily ever after.
3: <laughs> right, but right. forget all the layers uh, and the wounds and the baggage. I mean, things that all of us mm. deal with mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our family mm-hmm. relationships. I don't know about y'all. Am I the only one? No, <laughs> no,
1: absolutely. Yeah. But, Real but, life came. Then really hearing ended. her
3: work through those is what spoke to me.
2: Well, mm-hmm. I know. And and you know, like you said, Lindy, you think happy ending, you don't think, wow, there was a lot of layers of hurt. Like, mm-hmm, why did right. you abandon me? Yeah. Mad at her mother, why did you lie to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and angry at her mother also because her mother was so adamant about not talking yeah. about it. I mean, there was just so many layers of healing and forgiveness that needed to take place after she found him.
3: One of my favorite lines, I have several notes of things that she said that I loved, but I just thought to myself, you know, God made it not about her. Mm. She just kept saying, I was called to love them unconditionally. And that absolutely hit me between the eyes because Again, I don't know about y'all, but I have some family <laughs> members that extended family that, it, you know, sometimes it's difficult yeah. to love them yeah. unconditionally. And the Lord just kept saying, This isn't about you. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself of that so many times. You know, how can Christ in me love others?
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, she did a question and answer period at the end that. We are not going to share all of that with you, but funny you should say that, Lindy, because there is one question in particular where she addresses how God started teaching her to honor her father and mother and what that looked like. And she does a way better job talking about it than we would. So we are going to let y'all listen to this answer right now, and then it'll come back to us and we'll close out the episode.
0: Had I continued and not let God into my heart to say, Liz, you got to heal from this. You're really hurt. And you can't do it on your own. You need me. You need me and follow my word. And I've, I've laid it out for you and just allow it to work. Let it do the work. And when I did, y'all, it shed like it's unexplainable how he just came in my heart to allow me to show them that this is all God. And my dad will tell you she, that I will be like, uh-uh, God, because I don't want any credit for it. Because I know how Liz can be. But in the spirit, y'all, I just kept hearing God say, let it go. Let it go. And love them unconditionally. And I let that go over into the relationships in my life. To see past flaws with people. To see past hurt. Like, there's nothing that you can do that's going to make me hold a grudge. I mean, I don't care what you do. Because that relationship right there is proof that God can get you over it that your broken heart, whatever someone's done, he can heal you from it because I'm sitting right here right now and I love my parents. I don't think about the questions. I don't think about how they don't love me a certain way. I don't think about, oh, we didn't have food to eat. I don't think about those things anymore because God has released it and he's like, I'm good and I was good then and I'm good now.
2: You know, one of the things that Elizabeth said in that quote was that she still doesn't have the answers that she wanted, but that's okay. And I think, you know, so often we want resolution in our relationships before we can actually heal and have forgiveness. And she was able to just really fully lean into God and allow God to work through her to love them unconditionally. And for me, that was just the challenge to myself in my relationships. It's just allowing God to love others through me. It's mm-hmm. not,
3: it doesn't have to be all on my shoulders. Right. And also she said, you know, I can only be accountable for me. Yes. <laughs> I have actually said that in a different way to my kids. You know, we're not responsible yep. for the actions of others. We can only be responsible for our actions. And again, just taking on that ownership, uh, Elizabeth said, you know, with honesty, there came fruit I yeah. uh, love that so much. And just really the challenge of what relationship in my life needs restoring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny with this
2: story, we kind of went back and forth of what we were going to title it mm-hmm. because there were kind of two different stories here. <laughs> but this last quote was really why we called it family forgiveness of just recognizing
1: the importance of offering and extending that forgiveness to those that we love. Mm-hmm. And you know, Elizabeth talks in her story about a book that she has written on this very thing. And so y'all, if you are interested in her story, if you want to know more, I know the end of the book, she has specific prayers that she prayed through the whole thing. And I already ordered it this morning (laughs) before we started recording this episode. I personally ordered this book. I cannot wait to read it. And so we have a link in the show notes. It's called That's Big Believing It's God. She talks about that acronym early on in our yes. story. And so just scroll down in the show notes and we have the link straight to where you can purchase the book. And I personally am very excited to read it. So y'all, we hope you love today's story. We are always so encouraged when you give us feedback, when you let us know how God spoke to you, and when you share this with friends. If you want to share this on social media, if you want to tag somebody, text it to a friend. You know, I think all All of us have an area where we can work on forgiveness and there's so much here. So we hope you've loved it and enjoyed it and we will be back next week. Talk to you then. Bye.